Hi, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of Lighthearted. My name is Anna. And my name is Bracey, and we're two average gals chatting about what it means to grow. How are you growing? Mm, well, I would say that I've officially joined you in the funk. Yeah. It's a real <laughs> bummer. That's the so, fall funk. Yeah, that's where we are. Yeah, I don't know. I've just been so low energy and not – I don't know. I'm not like completely hauling up. I'm not like not going to do things if they're planned, but I'm having to really motivate myself to do anything other than sit on the couch and watch so many episodes of Below Deck Med. (laughs) (laughs) Quality (laughs) entertainment. I am learning a little bit about boats, though, and that's kind of interesting. Boats, boats, boats. (laughs) (laughs) But it's mostly um, just people yelling at each other. And I do think that It's interesting that a lot of people that like reality TV are very conflict averse. Oh, hmm. Yeah, I don't know. That's I. I find reality TV and the people who watch it fascinating. I think (laughs) it's just so interesting that we even call it reality TV. Like, there's a lot to unpack there. Maybe we should do a full episode. (laughs) Honestly, I would absolutely love to. Especially because you're somebody who watches a lot of it, and I don't really watch it at all. Yes. What I would really love is for us to do maybe like a a recap episode where you watch the first three episodes of something and then we get to recap it. But do you want to rewatch and then talk about it or do you want to hear my live observations? Because mm-hmm. I think both could be really fun for me. Okay. Well, <laughs> we should talk about that later. <laughs> think on it. Yeah, I will. Okay. Tell us. How you've been growing. I mean, I think I'm in a very similar situation. I mm-hmm. am coming off what has become too much so- social activity. I don't think it's like in the grand scheme of things really that much social activity, but in this particular season, it just felt like a lot. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm like trying to fit in some time where we just don't see anybody and it kind of doesn't exist. Like I'm, I'm doing right. my best to fit it in before Thanksgiving. And it's just a tough time. I'm really worried about going into the holiday season like this because that's a really hard time to be overstimulated by people. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I'm not scheduling anything extra. And other than that, I don't really know what to do. So if you have have any suggestions, if our listeners have any suggestions Mm -hmm. on how I can rest and recharge and it actually feel like that. Right. Yes. In the midst of all of you know, our regular activities. Mm -hmm. Let me know. Yeah. We we need some tips over here. I think though that this funk that we're both in, well, first of all, it's making me wonder if we're like period sinking. Very possible. I'm about to start my period. I think I'm I'm definitely in my luteal phase Mm -hmm. because I can just tell I'm moody and like (laughs) everything seems hard. Like it's Mm -hmm. like my life is just hard. Mm -hmm. And then the minute I get my period, it's like, oh, my world wasn't ending. Right. I, it's funny because I didn't used to be like that. But nowadays, it's tough. It's You've been like that since post-baby? Yes. Or, mm-hmm. Interesting. Yes. So very possible. Also, we are in the middle of eclipse season, which is historically kind of chaotic. So yeah. that is definitely not helping. Yeah. We have a few things stacked against us right now. Mm-hmm. The second thing is that this really lends to what our topic is today about this trend of living a soft life. 
Have you heard of this a lot recently? Yes, absolutely. It has been on my TikTok feed, I would say, very frequently in the last month, maybe six weeks. Okay. I think it might just be a TikTok thing. We had a friend bring it up at Salon, which is how I... I mean, I feel like the concept of this is something that I've thought about a lot in the last few years, but like Mm -hmm. the trend of soft whatever is new to me. And so if you're not on TikTok or you've never heard of this term, hi moms, (laughs) this term of living a soft life, it refers to a lifestyle that embraces ease and rest. That's what it's all about. People are trying to be in their soft girl era. They want to have soft girl aesthetic. It's all about it. I am so here for it, to be perfectly honest. Okay, tell me all your thoughts. Well, I feel like this is the antithesis to hustle culture, which is what Mm -hmm. we've been trending away from for a while now, I think. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's what everybody needs because I think what happens when you work too hard, try too hard, force things to work, whatever... You just get tired to the point where you're physically exhausted and your body can't make things up, which I personally kind of feel like that's where you are. Mm -hmm. Like your body Mm -hmm. is just like, I don't need a day of laying on the couch. I need a couple of months to just Mm -hmm. chill. (laughs) You've been running me hard for like a minute. Can we just have some time to relax? That'd be splendid. (laughs) If I could have a few months, good gracious. Just like minimum responsibilities. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Doing the least. Live in a resort for a few months like that's that. That's not okay. <laughs> that's not what I meant. That's what soft life is for me. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe you should explain what your definition of a soft life is because I think we might have different ones. <laughs> Just kidding. I do think this is really interesting. And I wonder, I mean, we're going to be studying, not we as in you and me probably, but the scientists out there, they are going to mm-hmm. be studying the effects of COVID for decades and decades. And part mm-hmm. of me wonders if... You know, hustle culture is alive and well yeah. four years ago. And then COVID happens and everyone's stuck inside for a while. And I just think everybody's capacity is diminished in general. But then, you know, the last year, year and a half, we've kind of gotten back to business as usual for the most part since COVID. And so I wonder if this is like, I don't know, like hitting a wall and people are feeling this need for focusing again on their rest as a choice versus when it was forced on everybody. I personally think that what happened is that COVID forced us to rest. And then Mm -hmm. everybody was like, maybe not consciously, but I think we all got used to a certain level of rest. And that's actually, Mm -hmm. in my opinion, the level of rest that is maybe closer to what we need. Like maybe it was a little too far for part of that. But I think that we actually need much more rest than we think we need. And Mm -hmm. so... When everything started to open back up, everybody was excited and it started hitting the like social calendar really hard, kind of going back to where they were. And I just don't think that's, I don't think it was ever sustainable. But once you have a taste of the opposite, I think you're Mm kind of like, "Uh, I don't know if I can do this anymore, you know? Yeah. Everybody's capacity is lower. And yeah, maybe just re-examining what you actually want in your life now that you have been exposed to another option. Right. Whereas before hustle culture, it really makes you feel like there aren't other options. It's like you either get on the hustle train or- Or you die. Or you die, (laughs) I guess. (laughs) Or you fall behind. You fail. I think that's what hustle culture tells you. If you're not hustling, you're failing. Yeah. All right. So I did some TikTok diving. It was, you know, not challenging in the slightest for me. Research purposes. Didn't feel like work. You know, it was play. Work hard, play hard. (laughs) So I went through and kind of picked out some things that were recurring themes throughout all the soft era 
soft life TikToks that I saw. So one of the main things in living a soft life is that you need to enjoy the little things. So gratitude. Yeah. Gratitude, finding joy, sparking it everywhere. And I did have a moment. I was leaving therapy this past Friday and there was a girl that was walking ahead of me and then she stopped and sat down on the side of this little bench situation. And she just sat there and turned her face to the sun and had her eyes closed for like 15 seconds. And then she just got up and kept going. I love that for her. Like, wow. I feel like that girl's living a soft life. (laughs) She was appreciating the sunlight. She was. So what are some small things in your day that you think of that bring you joy? Always my tea. I Mm -hmm. definitely have the like, it's very ritualized at this point. I just very much enjoy pouring my tea, especially the first cup. Do you have the same tea every day? Yes, I have English breakfast tea every day in a red teapot. I like that it being red is also a part that brings the joy. It does. My little tea, <laughs> my little red teapot definitely brings me joy. <laughs> okay, so start your day with tea. Yeah, right now, this time of year, the way that our sun comes in through our front windows kind of makes like a pretty pattern on our piano, which I appreciate. To the point where I actually filmed it the other day. I was like, I would like to, when we don't live in this house, remember that this happened. Oh, I love that. Like this is the way the the light came in through the windows. And then, I mean, pretty much anything having to do with Delaney, but especially Mm -hmm. when you first wake her up and pick her up out of her crib and she just won't let you put her down, which is not, she's like not a snuggly baby. So it's like the best when she just Mm -hmm. wants you to hold her. So good. Also, does she have that sweet baby smell? She's lost it a little bit. Um, I still think she smells like a baby, but Seb can't smell it. He never has been able to smell it. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. He's nose blind. Yeah. I'm like, is it just a female thing? Like, yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So those are three of mine. What about you? Um, What are things that bring me joy? (laughs) Does it say something about you that you couldn't recall them off the top of your head? Probably. <laughs> or about, maybe not about you, but about your this time in your life. About my state of being. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what are things that bring me joy? I would say because it is getting cold and dreary and drizzly outside in the PNW now, when we do have those like pockets of sunshine, walking through that does feel really nice. Mm-hmm. Also, we just hung up two pictures, which... Shouldn't have been the biggest feat in the entire universe, but it somehow was. <laughs> and it's really nice to look at them. So that has been bringing me joy. And then another one that Taylor and I have started doing a little bit is ending the day with GLAD, which G oh, is yeah. for something you were grateful for that happened today. The L is something you're looking forward to tomorrow. The A is something that you appreciated. And then the D is something that delighted you. And I feel like the delighted you is the one that's making me, like forcing me to think about something that gave me a little spark of joy in the day. Yeah. I feel like that's interesting too, because I think delight is not something that most people feel like they feel every day. Totally. But I think when you're looking for it, it's a lot easier to feel delighted. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. Okay. The second one that I found on a lot of them is embracing alone time. Yeah. Yeah. I spend a lot of time alone because that's what I like. So I was going to ask, like, is this challenging for you at all or not really? It's definitely harder now with (laughs) with a baby. But no, I still spend a, a fair amount of time alone, I would say. Also, I think that there's something to be said about I don't feel like 
when I was talking earlier about like being peopled out, that never includes Seb and Delaney. I can feel the same amount of restfulness Mm -hmm. with them in the room as I can by myself. Yeah, I agree. And thank goodness. I feel like that's the case for most people that either live with a romantic partner or live with their close friend for a really long time. Like, thank goodness that you can still recharge Mm -hmm. with like certain people still around you because otherwise that'd be pretty tough. It would be so hard. Yeah, I can't imagine. Do you feel that way with Delaney? Just like if it's just Delaney? For the most part, if she's not requiring things. Okay, yeah. So like if she's able to play independently, yes. Okay. Does that happen long? No. Yeah, not yet. (laughs) I would say that it's not that I can't feel rest when she's in the room. It's that she requires my attention every 60 seconds you know like yeah yeah yeah. i have to make sure she's not getting into anything or like whatever and that like attention drawing is what tires me Mm -hmm. Um, or getting up like i feel like i get sit down and get up so many times during Mm -hmm. the day that is not restful yeah for sure i would say yeah i i it doesn't it's not challenging for me necessarily to be by myself or be just with taylor and millie but it is hard for me to say no to plan. So I feel like while I don't know that I'm in the hustle culture in the sense of how I think of it anyway, and that's maybe mostly because I don't work in like a corporate job, but it's hard for me to say no to things, especially when they're things that I want to do. I think I just, I overextend myself and I don't realize that it's happening until I'm, it's like too late. Like I've already gotten to a point where I feel super exhausted, but I don't want to cancel plans on people. And then I'm like, okay, well, what about next week? Could I rest next week? And then it'll be like, oh, may- yeah, maybe on Tuesday you can do nothing or <laughs> or whatever, you know? Yeah. That's like you almost have to get ahead of your schedule and know like these are the amount of obligations I can take on in a given week or mm-hmm. month or whatever. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm pretty good about knowing where my limit with that is. Yeah. And I did think about when we were talking this through with our friend in Salon a couple weeks a week ago, my recommendation to her was scheduling out one or two days a month where you're like protecting that time. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I should just do that for myself. Like I'm giving this advice, but I think this would be helpful for me. Yeah, 100%. I think if you're a person who tends to always overschedule yourself, that's like super easy to plan for, Mm -hmm. you know? You just have to respect that that's like not something you can change because that's, you know, the whole thing. That's the whole point. But I was like, that would also be a good practice for me in setting a boundary. Yeah. I mean, because you can literally say, I'm sorry, I can't. I have plans. Yeah. 100%. They don't have to know that that your plans are with yourself. (laughs) My plan is to sit at home. (laughs) But okay. So here's my thing that I think you said you were in hustle hustle culture. I think we're kind of all in hustle culture because that's how our society works at the moment is like, it's somehow viewed as lazy or selfish if you are just sitting on the couch. Right. And sometimes that's the thing that you need to be doing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just need to be resting. Yeah. So I think it's, it's, it is hard in a society when like most people would think, why would you ever turn down plans if you weren't going to do anything? Mm-hmm. But you are doing something. You're resting. Yeah. That's true. And yeah, it's just that our society, well, I think we're getting better, but previously like doesn't value rest. 100%. And I feel like one of the things that I've thought a lot about recently is rest as a prerequisite for work or like output instead of a reward for what you've done. So 
instead of I've done all these things. So now I feel like I can rest. It's like, okay, well, I need to be rested to be able to go do these things. Yeah, totally. Well, the next one that I found a lot of overlap was slowing down slash incorporating pockets of rest throughout your day, Mm. which I thought was interesting. How do you feel like you do on that? (laughs) I mean, if it's a work day, like no chance. If I get to eat lunch, I feel like, oh, wow, what a this day isn't quite as busy as the others. Would consider that hustle culture if you're not getting breaks for food. That's true. <laughs> and I'm definitely supposed to be taking them. It's just really like with my role, it's so hard. Like it's it's a little bit different if you, if I was in a classroom full time because it's like you have set times mm-hmm. when your class is gone and whatever. But the way that my our school works is like not every not all the grades are at lunch at the same time or at recess at the same time. So there are always kids that either I could be seeing or that are in crisis. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I was going to say is your job is a lot of like stuff pops up during the day, right? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Because the only thing that I think can really help with this in a corporate job is blocking. Same thing with the scheduling self-care. It's like blocking stuff off of your calendar where you aren't in meetings. So like maybe it's that you need to do heads down work, but also maybe it's that you go take a 10 minute walk around the block. Yeah. And so I feel like a way I could potentially make this happen is even if it's only 10 minutes, like taking 10, like ideally 30, but like take 10 and maybe if it's a sunny day, go sit outside. Even if it's cold, go get outside even for five minutes or something and just be out of the, be out of my office, out of, out of the school building for a minute. Yeah. I feel like one of the ways I tricked myself into doing some of these things is realizing that It actually typically makes me more productive after I do the thing. Mm -hmm. So it like I actually net out more than I would have if I just pushed through and tried to work in like a yucky, not having eaten whatever place. Yeah. Just taking a break for a minute. Yeah. How could you imagine this working for you? I feel like I actually do this naturally kind of the way I work is I'll you know, let's say I have a to-do list for the day, I will do one thing on the list or half a thing if it's like a big something Mm -hmm. and then sit for 10 minutes. For example, I feel like the one thing about being a stay-at-home parent is that I don't love is endless amounts of food. Like it feels like feeding her takes forever and it happens three times a day. So like I just did it and then I have to do it again, you know? Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I always do for myself is that after she's done eating, I take time. I don't like we don't go straight into another task. Yeah, that is helpful. I also endeavor to uh, this doesn't always work out, but I try to do my chores when she's awake and then rest or take care of myself while she's napping. So the reason I saw somebody post about this somewhere, but they were basically saying if you do all the housework while your kids are sleeping, they're going to wake up to a clean house and never notice that like Mm. it takes work to maintain a household. So I was like, that makes total sense. Like, why would I, you know, why would I not set a good example and like show them how we do things and include them in the things that we're doing all of that. And then when she's napping, the first thing I do is make sure I've eaten because a lot of times I forget or prioritize her food and like only eat half of mine or whatever. And then, yeah, sometimes I literally just sit on the couch because I'm tired. A hundred percent. That's fine. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. <laughs> so. That's a really interesting perspective. I don't think I would have thought about that, but that makes a lot of sense. 
Yeah. It's also, I started reading, I need to go back and finish it because it was a library book and I never didn't finish it by the time I had to turn it back in. But there's this book called Hunt, Gather, Parent. And one of the principles is just kind of, instead of making your day like child centric, like always entertaining them or providing things for them to do, Mm -hmm. you include them in your day. So household maintenance and like cleaning or whatever is kind of like the first thing. And then with the extra time, everybody gets to do what they want to do. Yeah. Wow. That's really interesting. And mm-hmm. will you share that quote that you read during salon? Cause I feel like that kind of ties into what you. Yeah. I feel like this, I saw this quote and I was literally like, Oh my goodness. <laughs> like this is what I aspire to. This is my, my version of success. I think mm-hmm. truly. Growing up, I never knew a relaxed woman. Successful women, yes. Productive women, plenty. Anxious and afraid and apologetic women, heaps of them. But relaxed women, at ease women, women who aren't afraid to take up space in the world, women who prioritize rest and pleasure and play, women who give themselves unconditional permission to relax without guilt, without apology, without feeling like they need to earn it. I'm not sure I've ever met a woman like that, but I would like to become one. I would like us all to become one. Mm. That's uh, Nicola. Jane Hobbs. Where did you see that? Just on Instagram or something else? Yeah, on Instagram. Um, it was, yeah, it was actually, she shared it, like the person. Yeah. But I was like, oh my gosh, that is it. Like, I don't want to be any of these other things. I would like to be at ease. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I really like that quote a lot. And it feels super accurate. Like if I go through the catalog of people that I know, Especially when I was growing up, like other women that I was around, it's like, did I ever think any of them were relaxing? Yeah. And isn't that insane? Yeah, 100%. I also think that when I look at it that way, framed that way, it's easy for me to aspire to that instead of feeling like I'm, you know, I think the word lazy comes in here a lot. Like you're not productive and like not productive is equals lazy. Mm -hmm. Whereas now I think it's easier to be like, I'm just practicing being relaxed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because that's important to me. And it's something that does require practice. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't want to, I don't want my kids to grow up and look at, look back at their childhood and think my mom was so anxious and stressed Mm -hmm. and all of those things. That's the opposite of what I want. Yeah, definitely. It's easy to keep it in mind that way. Yeah. I like that a lot. All right. So that's my idea of what soft looks like for me. What would you say that soft looks like for you? Mm, Well, outside of just living in a resort, um, (laughs) (laughs) which would be fun. I don't I don't think it would it would be a a good lifelong solution, but I could I could be there for maybe short term, at least a few weeks. What does a soft life look like? I mean, I think it would feel like having more, a lot more rest time in my week in general, but then on top of that, not feeling like I'm doing something wrong or like I'm not being a good friend or I guess as productive as I could be, like not having that feel like it's weighing on me and being able to embrace just living, living like a certain lifestyle and being happy about that. I think that's the hard part is like the (laughs) inner stuff because I feel like that's exactly – that's part of my funk recently. It's like I 
have been, even when I'm resting, I logically, I know that like, this is something that I like to prioritize. I do want to be a relaxed person, but it's still so easy for me to fall back into that place of equating productivity and worth. And if I'm not productive, as productive as I could be, like, am I worth less? Mm-hmm. Totally. I have recently been in when I've been thinking about like the soft life and how to more incorporate that into just daily living. I have had moments where I am like, oh, well, that's not being soft. Like, and then I'm like, okay, well, part of being soft is also not being not being mad at yourself. yourself. So I am like catching myself in it. And I don't feel like I've tried to embrace soft living by any means. I mean, I think right now my body's just like, we're going to live soft, but I don't feel like this is soft living. Like being in a funk to me isn't living soft. No, I think it's burnout. Like you're just, you're past the point. It's for softness because there's nothing else that you can do. Yeah. But then I hate it because I'm like, oh, there's, there are things I would like to do or get done or whatever that I think would make me feel better, but I just don't have the energy to do them. Yeah. It's a hard place to be. It really is. You were saying that you were being hard on yourself, but I feel like catching those internal thoughts is step one. Because if you can be nicer to yourself and start your soft girl era with, I'm in this period of burnout and I need to be really nice to myself because that right now, that's actually the only thing I can do. I can be nice to myself. I can take care of my health. And like, if I don't have anything else to give, that's just where we are. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. And I, that does feel doable. At least it feels doable in the sense of I have already been catching myself and it feels doable to like change my thought in that moment, even if I don't fully believe it, but it feels like I can say that to myself. Yeah, well, maybe you need some like affirmations or something because, you know, neural pathways. Got to write some new ones. Oh my gosh, I've been talking about neural pathways in our social emotional lessons in second grade through sixth grade the last uh, few weeks. So it's been fun to talk wow. to them about that. Well, that is fun. Now you have to practice what you preach. <laughs> I know. That's the hard part. Okay, what are areas in your life where you feel like they could use a little, a little touch of softness? I think that. I obviously have been leaning into this soft life a lot longer than the internet has, I think. But one of the things that I've been running into again is I think I've always leaned into the, you know, softness, relaxation, whatever. Mm -hmm. And before it was like fairly easy for me to do because I had plenty of time and resources to do all of those things. And now I'm finding that I need more rest than I would like to, especially I feel like like part of my funk is I've just overextended myself a little bit. Plus, I think I've said this several times in the last few episodes, but it really has been kind of a hard year. And I think a little bit that's catching up to me. So it's hard for me when I feel like I'm already kind of asking or allowing myself the most softness to, to know that like I actually need a little bit more even. And it feels hard because it feels like I'm kind of being selfish or being, I don't know, a princess or something like that when I just need to be able to be like, I actually would like to see not a single person in the next 10 days and spend most of it horizontal. <laughs> I think that sounds so lovely. (laughs) I'm about to fly to your house and we're just going to watch Gilmore Girls for 10 days straight. Yeah. I mean, 
<laughs> I, don't, I don't even it's funny because I don't even watch that much TV like that's not how that's not even where I am but like and how annoying is it that I feel like I have to justify that like I'm not being lazy watching TV on the couch whatever uh it, it doesn't matter <laughs> but yeah what are you doing with your soft time most of the time I'm reading but I will say the phone usage right now I think is higher than I would like it to be so I've considered doing some sort of like phone not detox, but like leaving my phone in a different room when I'm not using it so that I'm not like just constantly reaching for it because it's a habit. Yeah, totally. And you and I kind of talked about screen time, Mm -hmm. technology usage, but I am interested to know like if I were to try this, what would fill my time? What would be interesting to me to do outside of picking my phone up on, on repeat? Yeah. What would you gravitate towards? I think that it would be a very interesting practice. Yeah. But also I'm nervous, like how many days is going to take me to stop reaching for my phone? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I feel like it'll take three days. That's my prediction. And I'm only saying that because when I've done social media detoxes, it takes me like three days for my phone to like stop muscle memory clicking for the app. And then I'm like, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to see. I guess now that I said it on the podcast, I'm going to have to hold myself to it, now which is annoying. Have to do it. <laughs> Honestly, I would maybe do it with you. Like, what if we chose a five day period or a week or whatever, and we we're like, okay, we're going to significantly decrease our phone time and see what what like we become interested in when we're not on our phone. I'd be interested in doing that. Yeah, that would be fun. I feel like my immediate thought is, I'm like, oh, well, I'll just clean more. <laughs> Which is not at all restful. Yeah, 100%. So yeah, maybe we'd have to set a rule around it of like, you can't spend all of the extra time being like, well, I'll just do productive stuff in the traditional sense of the word. I mean, I think it's okay to do some productive stuff. Yeah, I yeah, think, yeah. Just not the whole time. Yeah, maybe you can be a little more intentional about like doing some productive stuff and then allowing your – actually, no, the other way around. Resting for a while and then doing a productive thing and then layering it, you know? Like yeah. we're not going to do all of our chores at one time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little rest sandwich. hmm Okay. All right. We'll talk about it. That could be a fun challenge. Yeah, I like that. What areas of your life could use some softness? I mean, probably everything, but I feel like the top two that are coming to mind is work is a big one. I do really good now with not checking my email and stuff when I'm not at work. I do a good job of that, Mm -hmm. but I need to figure out how I can incorporate it in the day. And maybe it's just allowing myself to not move so quickly. Like I'm all, I feel like a lot of my time, it's like, as soon as I drop one kid off after checking in, I'm immediately going to pick up the other kid. And so I'm just my day is just like bouncing from one thing to the next without any breathing time. And so I'm like, maybe I need to just find little pockets, even if it's just five minutes, like close my door in my office and just sit for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever done any reading or learning about urgency culture? No, I don't even think I've heard of it. Yeah, you should probably look into that. I think (laughs) I might be suffering from urgency culture. Yeah, no, I think everybody is. But I think when you realize that most of the time when you're kind of operating out of that, Mm -hmm. it there's not a huge winner. Like, yeah, a lot of a lot of people are losing. Yeah. So, okay, I will. That sounds. Yeah, that's interesting. It's just the idea that we somehow have to respond to every email within a few hours and like. Mm -hmm. 
I think Europe does a better job with in general. The world will not fall apart if you don't respond to this today. Yeah. Most of the time, I would say that that's true. Mm -hmm. I know that culture at the places you work can really contribute to that, but something to consider. Yeah, for sure. I would say the other big place is just in my social commitments and Mm -hmm. just making sure that I'm taking time every week and not filling my entire week with something extra to do. Yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah. But I think if you start scheduling in days where you're just hanging out, Mm -hmm. it's a good start. And it would be great. Mm -hmm. Okay. How could or how has embracing softness helped you grow? Oh, I feel like it's definitely helped me grow. Mm -hmm. I don't think I would be the person that I am without having embraced softness because I think it's a practice in learning and knowing that your worth is not reliant on your productivity. Mm -hmm. And also to an extent, the people pleasing thing, I think, you know, there's something to be said about filling your schedule or doing things you don't want to do that Mm -hmm. are hard without worrying about other people's feelings about it. The other thing that we didn't really talk about, but I think is something that I think about a lot is not necessarily the logistics of how do I be soft, but how do I not force mm-hmm. is a way that I look at things often. I'm like it happens to me a lot. And I don't know if this is like a universal thing, but sometimes I'll just be trying to make something work so hard. Mm-hmm. And I could just not, I could just let it go. Most of the time, it's not something that is so important that I need to like control it to death. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I think that has been a really important lesson to me too, that you can just take your hands off the wheel for a little bit and most mm-hmm. of the time the car is not going to crash. Mm-hmm. So. Well, and I I think that's such an interesting perspective on it and a great way of framing it because I feel like a lot of times letting it go doesn't even come up as an option. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. when you're thinking through and you're trying to make something work, like I don't feel like a lot of times people think you know what? I could just not worry about this actually. Yeah. The other option is like, okay, let me go at this problem from a different angle or from a different angle or yeah. whatever. Or even I think, I think the concept of like letting it go is hard for a lot of people. hundred percent. But even if you can let it go for a certain amount of time, I think that tricks your brain into like just giving it a rest. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to let this go for a week. And if you know, we can reevaluate and come at it hard again in a week if that's what we feel. But sometimes at the end of that week, you're like, oh, actually, it's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. N- nothing fell apart in the last seven days. So maybe I can just not. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I do think the I don't know, I have a thing with the word force. So to me, it's easier for me to get on board with not forcing as opposed to letting things go. I, I know that a lot of people like this concept of surrender is more like giving up. And I don't feel like that's what it is mm. anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I feel like you're so ahead of the curve on some of these like big things or especially around like hustle culture. Like you've done so much work prior to COVID even on this yeah. stuff. So yeah, honestly, I truly, truly think that this is why COVID was not a big deal for me mm-hmm. because I was like, oh, everybody needs to slow down anyways. I know this is a sucky way for it to happen, but also it's like a huge reset for our entire planet. We were just really on on one for a second. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. What about you? How do you feel like it's helped you grow? I don't know if it's helped me grow yet. I feel like it has a lot of potential to help me grow in a lot of places. Obviously, when you talk about people pleasing 
that rings true. And if you if you are in the Like Hearts Club and you listen to our, our October chat, we did a card pull and multiple of the cards that Gracie <laughs> pulled for me were like, you need to be more gentle. You need to value your rest. Like they were just coming for me a bit, which I actually love. <laughs> I'm never, yeah, same. I'm never mad at the cards. <laughs> and yeah, to pursue my goals and things I'm interested in in a more exciting, playful, lighthearted way. And so I don't know. I feel like I'm being called to do that right now and I need to listen. I love that for you. Do you feel like this is just a thing that you're thinking about right now and like you'll try or do you think it's like maybe this one is going to be like something that is ha- will happen for me over the next like months or years? I'm hoping the latter because I feel like the way that I obviously am living prior to where I am right now is it's not sustainable. It's not going to work for me. Like even if I, you know, take this time, I'm in this weird funk, low energy spot, it'll just get repeated. Like if I don't do anything different and I don't, that's not worth it to me. Yeah. But I do think it will take time and it'll take a shift, but I am thinking about it a lot. It's like on my mind a lot. And even just the, just the way I'm want to like move in my life, just not rushing around like physically. Mm -hmm. Those types of little things I feel like could make a big difference and is something I think I could easily do. No, not easily, but something that I could monitor in myself more easily. Yeah. I asked because I thought I heard like a little bit of a different tone about this. Like you were being a little more intentional thinking Mm -hmm. about things for yourself. Mm -hmm. I love that for you. Thank you so much. Soft life is a good life. (laughs) Go ahead and put that on the shirt and get it on Etsy. (laughs) All right. If you have any thoughts around soft girl living, we would absolutely love to hear them. You can email us at lightheartedpodcast at gmail.com. And be sure to follow along on Instagram at lightheartedpod. Talk to you soon. Bye.